Uh, Jason, good afternoon. Well, that was a little harsh on the uh, Reds there. Holy cow, Mercure. Reds are bums. <laughs> They're just a bunch of bums. What hey, did they uh, ever do to you? <laughs> they ex- they you're, existed. You're right. Right, don't ask. <laughs> I love Cincinnati. Actually, it's a great city. It's a very, very nice city. It's a but, great city. But the yeah, Reds, I would agree. Yep. get out of here. Uh, let's start with this. What's the J Love grade of the day? <laughs> are we really doing this? Oh, yeah, we goodness. are. We need a grade of the day from. J- We're going to make Jason do this. Yes, yes. Yeah. How, how do you and look today? Ir- and then I'm going to irritate you guys and give you an incomplete each day. There you go. Um, hey, it's so, your segment. So here's go the thing. Well, it's not though. You guys are the stars. I'm just nice. You're just nice enough to have me on. Look. Let's be realistic here, right? There's going to be good. There's going to be bad, right? And so here's one of the things that I really like about Jordan Love, and that is he doesn't make excuses. Like, you guys saw that story in The Athletic a few weeks ago when uh, Rodgers talked about a myriad of things on the record and there were some off-the-record stories involved there. The only thing Goody was really quoted on was saying that he felt like the one start that Jordan made – in Kansas City in 2021 when Rodgers was out with COVID, that it wasn't really his fault that he played poorly. They had a bad game plan. So he apparently felt better about throwing Matt LaFleur under the bus than throwing his new starting quarterback under the bus. What I like about Jordan is when I talked to him after the Philly game during the week leading up to the following week's game, he was like, look, I played like, and he used the word I can't use on your show, in that Kansas City game. He owned it. And today... There was another example of that. He had a couple of underthrows on deep balls. He had one that was to Luke Musgrave. He was open. He underthrew it. It was broken up by Corey Ballantyne. He had another one down the field later to Romeo Dobbs, who was open, and he underthrew that, and it got broken up by Jair Alexander. And instead of taking the bait of somebody saying, well, you know, the wind was kind of strong, he's like, no, i, I got to make those throws. And so I respect the heck out of him for he, for that. So he gets an A in my book for that, even though he had some good throws and he had some not-so-good throws. So an A, is that the official grade? We're going official. I guess we have to do this uh, now. A, I, I, I'm, I'm giving him an A for saying that. <laughs> I'm not going to grade him an A for his performance. Jason, I'm going to aggregate this all over the <laughs> internet. Tony's Jason Wildy gives Wilde. Jordan Love an A+. Plus yep. Wildy says one. A+. Plus. Oh, okay. Block right. your mentions. <laughs> uh, so earlier in the week... Mark Murphy addressing the, the shareholders, Jason, says, oh, i got to give him a half a season, right? We don't really know. I, it was a curious statement as Mark Murphy is, I don't know, he's just got kind of a habit. Prone, of to, prone to do. Right, yeah. a, a little track record. I, I thought it was, okay, did you need to say that was kind of my first thought. But I also thought he could be right because there really are no regular season data points, or not enough anyway, to make a conclusion on if he's going to be the guy in yeah. the future or not. So I... I guess I saw both sides of it. Yeah, I I think um, Mark's issue, if I'm being honest, is that he has a tendency to say the quiet part out loud, right? Like when he said at that businessman's get-together that Rogers is a complicated fella. Yeah, he is. Probably not the right time that you should have said that publicly, but that's fine. Um, So this, I think he's right, too. Now, what was interesting, Greg, was I went back and looked up my story from when Rodgers signed his extension in 2008 after seven games, and the Packers were four and three, and Rodgers had thrown 12 touchdowns and four interceptions. And it was interesting because I remember us asking Ted Thompson, you know, did you, was it really important for Aaron to play well in these seven games to, to make this possible? And, you know, Ted used to be very forthcoming, and he said, no, 
we knew what we had already. Well, this has been in the works for a while. It's not because, you know, it's great that he's played well in these first seven games, but that's not what it is. And Mark compared it to that, and that's where I would disagree with him. Um, you're right, there aren't that many data points. There are also not that many regular season data points for Rodgers either beyond that Dallas game in 07, but they were much more certain inside the building. I think they are hopeful and cautiously optimistic about love, but they were much more certain about Rodgers being good. Maybe not Hall of Fame good, but they were very well convinced at that time, and, and I don't think they're quite in that same spot so Murphy's comments make perfect sense. He just probably shouldn't have said them out loud. <laughs> right. So, Jason, take us back to 2008. Can you compare and contrast the last time there was a day one with a new starting quarterback versus today? Are, are there significant differences in your recollection? Yeah, given the insanity of that, that practice might as well have been he- held on the moon. I mean, that was, if you remember right, like there were all these rumors about Rogers come about Favre coming back and Rogers answering questions at his locker saying, look, I'm just going to focus on what I can control. Uh, Matt Flynn tells an outstanding story about flying to green Bay and being in the airport when it comes across ESPN that Favre has decided he wants to play again. And so he's like, well, I'm out of a job before I even got there because he was the seventh-round pick. Little did we know he'd beat out Brian Brown for the number two job behind Rodgers. So that it's completely different. There was this cloud hanging over us about Favre's return. And today, you know, and, and Jordan even kind of addressed it, which I thought was really cool, the, the guy that he's replacing wasn't hovering over him with the looming possibility of him coming back to the Packers. The guy he's replacing texted him last night and wished him luck and gave him advice and – I thought that said a lot about a guy who I think at least some of the fan base has been pretty harsh and pretty mean-spirited toward in recent weeks. Is that weird, sending him a text last night? I feel like it's kind of weird. I don't think so. I mean, Tony, you know, you made the mistake of leaving Wildey and Tausch once upon a time. I didn't excommunicate you for my friendship group. Yeah, but if I would have texted you before every show and said, like, (laughs) hey, buddy, have a good show, you'd have been like, bro, leave me alone. Oh, it showed that you actually cared instead of just leaving us high and dry. No, I, look, I, I think it says a lot about Rodgers, right? And, and, and look, there are plenty of things to criticize about Aaron Rodgers. I have done plenty of the criticizing myself in the last several years. That said, I don't think anyone can ever say that he was a bad teammate to Jordan Love. I think universally you talk to anybody and they will tell you that he made sure he did not treat Jordan Love the way Brett Favre treated him. So I've shredded Aaron Rodgers big time, and I think this was really classy and cool. I think it says a lot about him that he reached out. Did Love offer that up to you guys, or did was it the result of somebody asking if Rodgers, how did that come about that he told you guys that today? Yeah, it was totally unprompted that he told us that he had texted him last night. Uh, there was a question about whether Aaron has given him any advice, and, and we know that Rodgers reached out to him after the trade to the Jets and said, hey, it's your show now, I'm pulling for you, all those kinds of things. But it was completely unprompted from Jordan to share that he texted last night. He was at the hotel getting ready for this morning's practice, and bing, in came a text from a, a 310 area code, which, of course, he's got Rodgers in his contact, so he knew who it was. I just thought it was really neat because, again, Aaron Rodgers wasn't getting ready for his first practice in 2008 getting a text message from Brett Favre, although 
given Brett's track record with text messages, I'm not sure you want one. <laughs> Very good point. <laughs> Jason Wildey of ESPN Wisconsin joining us on Wisconsin's <laughs> Afternoon News. Hey, Jason, I know one of the things you love about training camp is finding those stories of guys who had just such interesting backgrounds and their path to the Packers is so unique and interesting. Uh, and I know you mm-hmm. do your homework. Uh, have, have you have you started to decipher those stories yet? I know it's day one of training camp, but it's been a minute since the Packers have had the draft and some of the other player acquisitions. Yeah, I, I, I really like Grant DuBose, who is their seventh-round pick, uh, who had a bounce around to different colleges trying to find a place to play, ended up at Charlotte, which I didn't even know had a football team. And while he was trying to figure it out, he was uh, loading people's cars uh, at Walmart for their online orders. And I may have said when I picked up an online order there, I may have told the kid who was loading my car uh, that story to encourage him, which was probably kind of hokey. Um, but the guy that I really wanted to talk to today and I didn't was Alex Magoo, who came out of Florida International in 2018, bounced around a little bit uh, with the Jaguars and the Seahawks on their practice squads, has never played in an NFL regular season game, but the Packers had had their eye on him for multiple years. And then he went out to the USFL, obviously, uh, led Birmingham to back-to-back USFL titles, was the league MVP this year. One of the things that Brian Gutekunst said yesterday was that sometimes quarterbacks, when they're not playing a lot, they just need an opportunity to play to develop. And while the USFL is not certainly the NFL, it was really good for him to get that opportunity, and it's been very beneficial, and I'm eager to see what he can do. They All, all four of the quarterbacks got 11-on-11 snaps today, and that's not always the case. So uh, the first day, everybody got some work. A ESPN Milwaukee's Jason Wildy, the best in the business. We appreciate you being with us through training camp, Jason. Thank you so much. All right, fellas. Thanks for having me. Take yeah. care. Be good.